TOB number 18, General Audience of February 13th, 1980, Theology of Original Innocence. Today's meditation presupposes what has already been established by our various previous analyses. They spring from the answer Jesus gave to his interlocutors. See Matthew 19, Mark 10, who had asked him a question about marriage, about its indissolubility and unity. The teacher had urged them to consider attentively what was from the beginning. For this reason, in the cycle of our meditations up until today, we have attempted to reproduce in some way the reality of union, or better, of the communion of persons lived from the beginning by man and woman. After this, we tried to penetrate into the content of the concise verse, Genesis chapter 2, verse 25. Now both were naked, the man and his wife, but they did not feel shame. These words refer to the gift of original innocence by revealing its synthetic character, so to speak. On this basis, theology has built the overall image of man's original innocence and justice before original sin by applying the method of objectivization specific to metaphysics and metaphysical anthropology. In the present analysis, we are trying rather to take into account the aspect of human subjectivity. Subjectivity, moreover, seems to be closer to the original text, especially to the second creation account, that is, the Yahweh's text. A certain diversity of interpretations notwithstanding, it seems sufficiently clear that the experience of the body, as we can gather from the ancient text of Genesis chapter 2, verse 23, and even more so of Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, indicates a degree of spiritualization of man that differs from the one about which the text speaks after original sin, Genesis 3, in which we know from the experience of historical man. It is a different measure of spiritualization that implies another composition of inner forces in man himself, another body-soul relation, as it were, other inner proportions between sensitivity, spirituality, and effect affectivity, that is, another degree of inner sensibility for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. All of this conditions the state of man's original innocence and at the same time determines it, allowing us to understand the account of Genesis. Theology, and also the Church's magisterium, have given to these fundamental truths a form of their own. When we undertake the analysis of the beginning according to the dimension of the theology of the body, we do so by basing ourselves on the words of Christ, with which he himself appealed to that beginning, when he said, Have you not read that from the beginning the Creator created them male and female? Matthew 19, verse 4. He ordered us and always orders us to return to the depth of the mystery of creation, and we do so in the full awareness of the gift of original innocence, which belonged to man before original sin. Although an insurmountable barrier divides us from what man was then as male and female, through the gift of grace united to the mystery of creation, and from what both were for each other as a reciprocal gift, we are nevertheless trying to understand that state of original innocence in its link with man's historical state after original sin, status naturae lapse simul et redempte, 
the state of fallen and at the same time redeemed nature. Through the category of the historical a posteriori, we are attempting to reach the original meaning of the body and to grasp the link that exists between it and the nature of original innocence and the experience of the body, which is made evident in such a significant way in the Genesis account. We come to the conclusion that it is important and essential to determine this link, link with precision, not only with reference to man's theological prehistory, in which the shared life of man and woman was completely permeated, as it were, by the grace of original innocence, but also in relation to the possibility of its revealing to us the permanent roots of the human and especially the theological aspect of the ethos of the body. The root of the ethos of the human body. Man enters into the world and into the innermost guiding thread of his future and his history with the consciousness of the spousal meaning of his own body of his own masculinity and femininity. Original innocence says that this meaning is conditioned ethically and further that on its part, it constitutes the future of human ethos. This is very important for the theology of the body. It is the reason why we must build this theology from the beginning, carefully following the indication of Christ's words. In the mystery of creation, man and woman were in a particular way given to one another by the creator, not only in the dimension of that first human pair and of that first communion of persons, but in the whole perspective of the existence of the human race and of the human family. The fundamental fact of this existence of man in every stage of his history is that God created them male and female in fact, he always creates them in this way, and they are always such. The understanding of the fundamental meanings contained in the very mystery of creation, such as the spousal meaning of the body, and of the fundamental conditioning of this meaning, is important and indispensable for knowing who man is and who he ought to be, and therefore how he should shape his own activity. It is something essential and important for the future of human ethos. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, notes that the two, man and woman, were created for marriage. For this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and unite with his wife, and the two will be one flesh. In this way, a great creative perspective is opened up, which is precisely the perspective of man's existence, which continually renews itself by means of procreation, one could say of self-reproduction. This perspective is deeply rooted in the consciousness of humanity, see Genesis chapter 2, verse 23, and also in the particular consciousness of the spousal meaning of the body, Genesis 2, verse 25. Before they become husband and wife, a little later, Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 speaks of it concretely, man and woman come forth from the mystery of creation, first of all, as brother and sister in the same humanity. The understanding of the spousal meaning of the body and its masculinity and femininity reveals the innermost point of their freedom, which is the freedom of the gift. It is from here that the communion of persons begins in which both encounter each other and give themselves reciprocally in the fullness of their subjectivity. 
in this way both grow as persons, subjects, and grow reciprocally, one for the other, also through their bodies and through that nakedness free from shame. In this communion of persons, the whole depth of the original solitude of man, of the first and of all, is perfectly ensured, and at the same time, this solitude is permeated and enlarged in a marvelous way by the gift of the other. If man and woman cease being reciprocally a disinterested gift, as they were for one another in the mystery of creation, they recognize that they were na- they are naked. See Genesis 3, 7. It is then that shame about the, that nakedness is born in them, a shame they did not feel in the state of original innocence. Original innocence manifests and at the same time constitutes the perfect ethos of the gift. We will return to this topic.